just me. A place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I would definitely like to welcome everybody to the second live event for Just Me Podcast. Just Me Podcast was created approximately 12 months ago by three behavioral health professionals, um, myself, Sasha Giles, and Sharina Smith, and Ms. Tracy Moore, after witnessing the significant barrier that happened um, from insurance companies um, as it relates to accessing behavioral health care. So the mission of Just Me Podcast is to help unlift, uplift, excuse me, the mind, body, and soul through authentic conversation and allowing people to have access to affordable, behavior, affordable behavioral health care options. Just Me is geared around discussing relevant issues um, about relationships, healthy choices, um, and to support positive community development. Within the past 12 months, we have the three of us have personally funded, without the help of sponsors, different episodes where we have discussed topics around the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Um, we have discussed effective communication within relationships, including parenting, um, but then also the difference between acceptance versus forgiveness and the importance of communicating expectations within relationships. We have also shown light on the juxtaposition of Black and BIPOC maternal mental health in comparison with other ethnicities and the importance of healthy communication for loved ones and the hardships of our parents, teachers, staff, and students as they return back to school. The most recent topic that we have created um, a discussion around because of the upcoming holidays is that topic of intergenerational trauma. With the holidays fast approaching and the starch restrictions of COVID-19 being lifted, families have returned to in-person gatherings. But while we have been with in-person gatherings, um, we have been able to enjoy those traditions, those stories, bonding with one another, introductions to new family members. Um, we have also encountered some of those burdensome memories that can be recanted when we talk about intergenerational trauma. Um, it can be a time where families pay homage to ancestral trials and tribulations, but where loved ones can also recant the realizations of why families prepare particular, particular dishes, um, recant different familial connections, um, and support different continual excuse me, continual community collaborations. However, there is also a time where we have to also recollect on historical and familial traumas that can create psychological distress within our future generations. Um, hum harmless comments and questions that we unintentionally spark, um, that can unintentionally, excuse me, spark insecurities, provoke aggression, heightened anxiety that we don't even know that we kind of pushed down over the past 10 months can easily creep back into our lives around the holidays. And these comments can be in the form of very passive, inquisitive questions. Um, for example, you know, how are you dressing? Or you're still weighing that much? Or how is your ability to reproduce? Or what's your partner like? Or what's your career choices? 
Um, and some of these other distressing questions can be witnessing family members doing triggering reaction behaviors that can incite unhealthy memories that we all experience and have hardships with. So within the recent episodes, Just Me podcast has definitely shined light on some of these unhealthy symptoms, behaviors, and experiences all in our life. So as we approach the holidays, we begin to step into environments that can be triggering to us. And prior to the holidays, some of these experiences can include headaches, stomach aches, irritability, challenges concentrating. Um, some of us some of us can experience avoidance, um, increased sarcasm, defensive behaviors, feeling overwhelmed, poor communication. And previous episodes have shown light on normalizing these behaviors um, in efforts to shine light on a deeper insecurity and deeper trauma that we all can experience and that we don't want to perpetuate as we go into generations um, to come. So tonight, the host of Just Me podcast would like to discuss more of these triggers, more of these physical symptoms, more of these self-destructive behaviors, not only to pay homage to some of the things that our ancestors have experienced, but also not to perpetuate some of the traumas and trials and tribulations that we have also experienced as well. So we have a couple of guest speakers tonight. We have Miss Majesty Purvis, who is a licensed mental health counselor. She enjoys working with families, couples, adults, and adolescents and promoting personal growth and aligning one's mind and body in a way of healthy and holistic living. We have Shafiq Powell, who is a licensed clinical social worker associate who has been practicing mental health for a total of four years and loves to emphasize offering tools to improving personal quality and personal mental health growth. And we also have Mr. Dale Slaughter, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist for over 15 years. Um, Mr. Slaughter has been happily married for about 17 years with three adorable children. And he prides himself in working with children and adolescent, adolescents, blended families, parenting issues, anger, and anxiety. And last but not least, we definitely have our moderator, Ms. Chisa Penix-Brown, who is the founder of Give It to the People, a company focused on curating dope events and content for entrepreneurs. The company's emphasis is around teaching entrepreneurs how to start and grow, market their businesses, and she's been in existence for over 10 years. And the goal is to provide a space for growth and mental health wealth. So without further ado, I would definitely like to give it over to Miss Chisa Penix and allow for us to kind of jump into the conversation. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us. I think this is definitely something that is timely and something that I think a lot of people definitely need, especially right here before the holidays. I know that um, for me, the holidays are very different than they used to be. And so I think that this is a really great conversation for us to have. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, if we can have our speakers unmute themselves, because then this way I can just go ahead and just ask you the question and you can just kind of jump in. Um, but I'm going to start with Majesty since she's already unmuted. Um, when we talk about this, so we've already gotten a little bit of background, but when people are going through all of these experiences, right? Because, you know, now we have Thanksgiving coming up in basically two days. Um, how soon do you think that the discomfort shows up in your body before the holidays? 
Uh, I think it shows up pretty, pretty soon because this is the time of the year that everyone is looking forward to. So even if you don't have family, I mean, friends and coworkers speaking on the holidays, you're reminded by the Internet, you're reminded by commercials uh, when you go into stores. So everyone around you is getting, you know, um, transitioning to this time of the year and into the holidays. So I think we are we're constantly reminded. And then the discomfort shows up in our bodies that uh, this is. This is what we're going to have to um, look forward to, or it's that time of the year again. So it shows up pretty soon. Um, but as she spoke about in the beginning, that some of the uh, behaviors or symptoms, like the irritability or um, difficulty concentrating, I don't think um, a lot of people correlate that often as to knowing that this is why I am behaving or responding this way. But I, I think it shows up pretty soon. What would you say, and um, Dale, if you want to answer this, or Majesty, if you want to keep going, um, about people that may have discomfort, like if it's dreams, something that they can't necessarily control because, you know, maybe their anxiety is creeping up and they didn't even think that it was happening, but this may be something that, you know, that is is actually something that they're experiencing. Okay. Uh, Mr. Daddy, do you want to answer or... All right. If I'm understanding the question, all right, you're saying if, say, if they're having dreams... And it being yeah, triggered because, by it. Yeah, because right. if she's saying that, you know, the things that are right in your face, the social media going into the stores, but there may be mm-hmm. something that you're not even conscious of, right? Like literally right. because you're right. sleeping right. and it could adjust mm-hmm. your sleep pattern as well. So that could be one of those things that shows up. So what do you, what do you, what can people do to try to, you know, maybe alleviate that or at least recognize that because of right. the anxiety that's happening that, you know, they need to be able to help control it. Right. Well, first off, like you said, for the most part, they have to first recognize it at the end of the day. Because some people are like, you know, two days out of Thanksgiving, they might have had this like a week ago. Even mm-hmm. th- the thought of actually being back with my family or in that area of family will trigger some dreams or some anxiety that you don't even know about. So it's yeah. like you might start having dreams of just bad dreams, period. Or you're trying to like, well, what was that about? And so just recognizing that what what is it like being back with my family? What is it like being with my family? Because of course, as everyone knows, COVID gave us some separate time from not dealing with our families more or less, but they first have to first recognize it. Then two, see if it's something that is actually something that's worth actually exploring. You know, sometimes it might be like, well, I don't even really want to deal with that right now. Or it might be one of those things where if I start dealing with this, will it cause more anxiety? All right. So it's like, okay, what do I need to, as they say, what do I need to pay attention to? What I don't need to pay attention to, because if I'm quote unquote, the person's going to be cooking or bringing something or they all hosting at my house, I start processing this. I have a breakdown in the middle of me trying to cook this dinner. So it's a matter of just really recognizing, is it worth me going down this, going down this road right now? Or can I put it on a back burner for at least a time? to where I can get past this one meal or this one dish. And then I can say, okay, I need some, one of my good friends to talk to about, you know, I'm having some things that I'm thinking about and maybe processing a little bit with somebody that's close to you that you trust. Yeah, I like that. Now, Shafiq, if you want to chime in on that a little bit, because I know we're kind of talking about the pre portion of that as far as your body reacting. What about like once you get there, like it's actually Thanksgiving Day or it's actually Christmas Day. And, you know, she talked about some of the things that can trigger you that people say to you. So what are your thoughts on being able to try to 
maybe um, control your mouth. Because sometimes, you know, you might be able to control your mouth, but you can't control your face. You know, so when you kind of think about how that interacts with people, with your body, you know, you just might not realize it, that you look a certain way when you're encountering some of your family. Right, right. I think ultimately it's a it's a matter of being present and knowing, you know, what triggers you, knowing, you know, how to kind of ease that trigger when it happens, but also developing a mindset beforehand, you know, kind of anticipating like this is a possibility this may happen, but also remembering that you can't necessarily change other people's, you know, actions or responses in this situation. You can't necessarily change how they might bring up a comment that might trigger you. But I think while you, let's say Thanksgiving Day comes, Christmas Day comes, and it's time to face the, that discomfort, the comments, it's important to know when to remove yourself, you know, when to kind of implement those boundaries that um, are necessary for you to basically survive that holiday or survive like being under the pressure with family members or just the environment itself that just may trigger you. So it definitely comes to being present and having that awareness in yourself, knowing what your triggers are so that you know what to do to protect yourself. I think that's what it comes down to, knowing how to protect yourself. Because again, you can't control other people's actions, how they are going to respond to you. And as far as like, you know, making the faces and um, not being able to necessarily control that, I think you have to give yourself some grace because we're all in works in progress, right? Um, the most you can do is really just understand, like, again, I keep saying this, but the triggers and know what's going to impact you, but also kind of preparing yourself to say, all right, this might happen. This is what you can do when it happens, but also give yourself that grace and that chance to say, this is how I'm going to remove this and be okay with it because a lot of people feel guilty for feeling like they have to put those boundaries up when you shouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is something that I think we have to work on. And so if our behavior is the issue, then do you think, and any of you can answer this, that there's something that we need to work on changing prior to actually getting there? Because, you know, the first question was based on other people and what they might do to trigger us. But is there some things that you think that we could do to change our behavior before we get to whatever this event is going to be? I would say for some people is to to reduce kind of being uh, defensive as far as, you know, so the question of when you, when when will you have kids or why did you gain weight or when will you get married and things like that. Some sometimes those are just conversation starters, especially when when it's centered around family. And so if that question will trigger you, then it's kind of important to examine your own self. Like, why did this question bother me so much? And so on the other side of it is, it's just embracing where you are in life. So if those questions are going to bother you, so, you know, just accept and embrace that I'm not married or I haven't started a family, I don't have children. And then we'll reduce some of the feeling triggered or bothered by the actions of other people. So could you say mind your business? Could that be one of those things? Like, I mean, because I think sometimes people are probably going to push people, right? So, yeah. you know, maybe there's like a safe word or a safe phrase or something, um, you know, because if you if you like look at social media over the last couple of years, there'll be a set of memes like whenever it's time for the holiday season. And it's like such and such would say, 
certain thing. And then you have your clap back for whatever the aunt would say. Um, right, so right, right. Is there a professional or safe phrase um, that we could possibly use if anybody wants to chime in um, that might be the 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 stop, you know, to, to that behavior? I would say, um, you know, much as mind your business, it depends on your family member. Be honest with you, <laughs> they might be able to take that. I ain't going to lie. But at the end of the day, you also have to think about the mindset that where they're coming from. They're coming from their expectations of you. You have to have your own expectations of you yourself. Now, that might be Aunt Clara's expectation. They should have been married now or whatever the case may be. But you like, come on now, Aunt Clara, how many marriages you got? I want to make it right. You know, or more or less, you know, these are my expectations of myself today. You know, um, I, I or you can flip it and say, well, thank you for asking about that, about my own expectation. And you go into, you know, well, I haven't planned being married because I haven't found the right guy. Or, yes, I am fluctuating with my weight, but you didn't know that last year I had X, Y, Z. Now, this thing you can, it's all about what expectations you want to say out to to your aunts or uncles or whoever is asking because what they're doing is trying to put you on the spot. But just know that you are the limelight right now. You can shine or you can, it can turn into a thunderclap either way. But just know that you yourself are the person that's put on the spot. Handle it with care, but caring for you more than the way they're caring for you at that time. Yes. That's, that's what I would say. Yes, I like it. It sounded like to me that you flipped it back on them to kind of make them feel guilty about asking you the question in the first place. The level of petty that I feel like that exerts is so magnificent because sometimes when you flip it back on people in that way, it's like they get taken off guard. Okay, that was that was great information. Okay, so Shafiq, a question for you. So you mentioned leaving, right? Like know when to leave, like get your keys in your hand. I don't know if you guys have seen one of those recent commercials and it is everybody's at Thanksgiving and the girl and Uber now, I don't know if you guys have seen this. So Uber now has this thing where you can call ahead to book your Uber so that this way you can sneak out and you can leave and they'll wait for you for 15 minutes so that this way you have that, that window to escape, right? So you mentioned escaping. So I just wanted to let everybody know that because that's real information in case you do need to escape. Um, But how do you even know if you should go in the first place? Like if this is a triggering environment and you already know that it's a triggering environment, um, you might feel a little guilty because there's probably somebody there that you do want to see or there's an expectation that you should be there. But what would you say if you know this is a triggering environment? How do you make that assertion that I'm not going to go? Gotcha. So I think, you know, it's ultimately up to the person, you know, I think they have to decide, you know, when they know they're at their wit's end, you know, they don't want to put up with the environment anymore. But I like how you brought up, um, you know, having that special person there that they might be looking forward to, you know, the cousin that you probably haven't seen in a year. And, you know, they they bring you that joy. They bring you that comfort. And it's like, well, I kind of want to be around this person because they kind of make me feel comfortable. I'm looking forward to seeing this person. You know, I think that's uh, a form of, you know, changing your mindset about it in that moment and saying, like, instead of me focusing on the negativity this environment brings me or focusing on the comments that uncle or aunt is giving me that makes me uncomfortable, 
let me focus on just being with this cousin that I know is going to provide me with happy, that I know is going to have a good conversation. And maybe it's someone that's actually listening, willing to listen to, you know, the things that you might want to talk about, as opposed to just dismissing, you know, or not understanding where you're coming from, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Now, um, Majesty, I'm going to ask you this question. How can trauma keep you from good opportunities during the holidays? So like what we're talking about here is there might be somebody that you really do want to spend that time with. Um, and it could be that this might be the breakthrough Thanksgiving, right? Like where something actually really great happens that you weren't expecting. But when we talk about, you know, some of that trauma, how can it kind of really keep you, you know, from those good opportunities? Um, I feel like it can keep you from the, the good opportunities because, of course, the past and the trauma has stuck with you. So uh, those scenarios or the situations are replaying back and the past experiences are, you know, replaying over and over. And if the dynamics within a family have been a certain way for years, then you're you're not going to think that this is going to be the breakthrough Christmas or Thanksgiving. So I, I think it keeps us stuck. Um in general, from missing, we're stuck, so we miss out on the good opportunities or the good possibilities. And so a good way to kind of uh, avoid that or refrain from the trauma, keeping us stuck or missing out, is to kind of go into the moments, not limiting the moments. So like um, Shafiq said, that you can focus on the positivity or the family member that you want to be around. And you can go in optimistic that everybody's going to get along well. We're going to have a good time. I think sometimes with, with trauma, it just keeps us can, kind of restricted. And we just absolutely feel like this is how it's going to play out because this is the way that it's been the past couple of Thanksgivings. Because there's a yin and a yang to everything. Yin and yang. And, and sometimes the trauma is just stuck with you because you felt a, a certain type of way about it. Like really nobody else in the family may even be thinking about it or... Like Minister Dale can touch on. Yeah, and I, I was, I was going to add to that, Majesty. Just that you got to understand, a trauma sits with you. The trauma is in your mind, where you're at, and everything. So at the end of the day, they'll those family members not gonna, may not be okay. thinking about that. Um, they might not be thinking about what you experience. Again, this is your experience, and you are projecting what may or may not happen, or what they meant by this based off of, again, where they're coming from towards you. And so you have to take your own experience and say, you know what? That was an experience of my past. This is my present. Let me focus on my present state of being, my mind, where I'm at, what is being said in the room, what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling. And if these triggers, and I am triggered by certain things, I have to be able to focus in on where I'm at right now versus me my grandma or my aunt didn't say something. I want to jump on her real quick. Let me focus in on where I'm at right now, pull myself back, breathe and say, you know what? I'm in this moment. Let me go find that cousin that I really want to talk to or whatnot. And just to add to if I needed to leave or not, we all know we have other friends, family that are around that we might want to visit. And we might have came in town to see some of my family members. I'm like, well, it might be a good time to say, okay, I didn't see my cousin Jerry. I didn't see my uncle Tyrone. I see my aunt Tiffany. I seen grandma, big, big mama and grandpa. All right, I'm out. <laughs> I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Oh, where you going? Well, I got those people. I got to see y'all. And that, that be your way out. And then come back. Where you going to come back? I might, you know, 
but don't make it like you have to be there. You know, you have to be in your place because that's what we all do as family. We come back home and we fall back in a place of where we were at and this, that, and the other. So it's, you're grown now. You can do what you want to do <laughs> and, and say what you need to say and take care of yourself. So, so one of the ways of coping is to make sure that you have, um, you know, just that time frame where you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay here for this. And mm-hmm. then I know that I can move on. Is there anything else that you could advise people as far as like if they feel like they still have to stay? Um, because for some people, you know, leaving might be an issue, right? You know, right. because yeah. if there is a person who wants to stay, like they don't want to leave, they feel like they are obligated to stay or they just feel like they do want to stay because maybe this is the only time that they do see their family. Um, what are some coping things that you can give them while they stay in that situation? And whoever Where's wants feet? to I think it starts with, um, again, that, that recognition and knowing like what your clutches are in that moment. So if you, if you know, you want to stay, um, well, first I, I kind of feel like you should never feel obligated that you have to stay. Cause we all just have our, our breaking point where it's like, all right, I can't deal with this anymore. But on the other hand, if you know, you genuinely want to stay, you want to show up because you, you don't see your family that often you want to be present. Um, you have to know what your clutches are. Again, it's going back to, you know, maybe you have that cousin that you can spend a little bit more time with. Um, or if you just need like a breather for a second, you know, you can say, oh, I need to run to the store real quick to, um, to get X, Y, Z, you know, and that can be like a quick little recharge for you. And then you can come back. Um, but I think it's important for people to know and understand that you never have to feel trapped in these situations. You know, we have a lot more power than we realize. And, it's important that you utilize that that power to leave in distance when it's time to do that. Um, but also just, I think it, it comes back to a lot of things that we've already talked about, about like the mindset that you have in this situation, you know, changing your thoughts, kind of reevaluating that trauma um, for yourself. Because again, like I think Majesty said it, you know, you might not realize that these other people aren't really taking in all of these things into consideration that you might and that's more something that you have to work on than the other person. Hmm. Um, um, other than that, you just got to have to be, get creative with what makes you comfortable in sticking around if that's what you choose to do. But if you're at your wit saying, by all means, you know, get out of it. <laughs> I, I, I think a, a great a way to cope in these environments or with the families is definitely focusing on what you have control over. Um, so sometimes like, we get caught up in other people's comments or facial expressions what they say or do, but there's nothing we can do about it, which is what Shafiq said. And so I think focusing on what you have control over, which is yourself, uh, with breathing and taking a break or being able to just regulate yourself and ground yourself to be back in the present moment. That's the biggest thing. And oftentimes we, we, we worry about things that are outside of our control. So focus on what you can control and, you know, um, some things you just got to let it fly, like comments. Let it just roll off like water. And I think that one thing that we, this is Sasha, I think that one thing that we kind of lose sight of, hey, Majesty, what we lose sight of is the fact that a lot of times our behaviors, our physical symptoms show up even before we get into that environment. So it can be as far as maybe an upset stomach. It can be a headache. It can be procrastination. I'm the great procrastinator when it comes to something that I am stressed at or having anxiety about 
um, procrastination or maybe short tempered. Um, sometimes it can be being very distracted, poor concentration. Um, sometimes it can also be consuming more alcohol, consuming more other substances um, in order to suppress that anxiety or that frustration, that irritability. How are you showing up right before the holidays? If that is an indication or if you notice that there's some changes within yourself, recognize that, hey, maybe this is a holiday that I need to cut short, meaning that I'm still not okay with some of the things and the trauma that I do have. And that's okay because we all have a different journey in life and we don't all have different elements of coping. But maybe this is not a time where I extend this holiday. Maybe this is a time where I show up, save face. Hey, how you doing? And I'm going to go ahead and disengage. I saw who I needed to see. I'm respectful to everybody and everybody else have a good day. So you have to also know yourself. Well, we have a comment where Derek, um, he is one of our viewers for this evening, and he said that he's a customer service manager. He always deals with the complaints and issues during Thanksgiving, and it's worse. He's a Black man well-dressed in a top role, and his facial expressions say it all for him. And he wants to know, how does he drift away from popping off on someone? Like, so I guess that's the job side of things. And the 90 million complaints that he receives from now until January, because you're having a job situation and you've got to deal with your family. And I know that a lot of us are in that type of situation where, you know, your your day job, your business is is, you know, something that you can't control during this time frame, especially if you're in something like customer service. So how do you deal with that from a work standpoint and then still have to deal with your family? I and would that's say, what, okay. Go ahead, Mr. Dale. I would say self-care is very important. Now, I'm, I'm hearing Derek with the 90 million complaints. Not that we as professional counselors don't get complaints and nothing like that, but we do hear a lot of issues on a daily basis, especially now. So I would say self-care is the most primary thing you do. It has to become a routine for you. Uh, for instance, there is a break that you need to take from work to family, being a top role of a man, because I'm a black man. I got a top role, too. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. So after talking with people all day, I have to now go talk with my family. So I have to take a break between that time. And it's a routine break. I don't even hook up with my wife or kiss my wife or sit down with my kids immediately when I get into the home. I go upstairs. I say, hey, y'all, I'll be right back. I go upstairs, I change my clothes, I might throw some water on my face, you know, relax a little bit. It's where I sit down, change in some different clothes, come back down and re-greet my family. You know, that's taking off work and putting on my next role. Self-care is very important. Listening to a radio station or something that's inspiring to you, going from your job to your home, you know, for that 30 minute, 40 minute drive, 10 minute, 15 minute drive, something that gives you some warm fuzzies inside. And help you out uh, to then deal with your family. And also understand your job is your job. But once you get that, it's done. Forget about it. Whatever, I'm not going to pick it up no more. It's done. I love every client I have, but I don't think about them when I walk out that door. I'm good. I'll pick y'all up when I come back here. So you have to compartmentalize, period. It's not that you want to downgrade their issues and their problems, but you can't take your issues and their problems with you. That's another burden you're taking with them. And they're not thinking about you. Trust me, they're not. So at the end of the day, you have to keep what is for you 
and, and let them handle what's for them. That way you have energy to be able to shift into your family roles as well as your work environment. So that, that should be a normal routine. And if it's not a normal routine, your family and big events like Thanksgiving and, and holidays are just bigger triggers to let you know you haven't been in self-care throughout this time. So that's what and I I'm was glad you glad you mentioned that because we have a comment also from, um, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly, Jeralee Davis. And um, the comment is, I believe it is important to do some self-care before going around the family. I always remember that their problems will not be my burden. So I think that that is something for you to kind of take on, which then, you know, piggybacks on what Majesty was saying as far as like, you don't, those are, that's what they're doing, right? And that's not necessarily something that should be affecting you in that way. All right. So I have another question. Um, how do people unintentionally perpetrate trauma while trying to protect themselves? Because a lot of times you're, you're going in with armor on, right? And nobody was even thinking about you. You know, nobody was really paying attention to you. You just already felt something, right? From the way somebody looked at you, they may have been having a conversation. You thought it was about you and they were talking about the banana pudding. Um, you know, so when it comes down to this, how do you kind of, um, you know, unintentionally perpetrate that trauma? Nobody was paying attention to you. So, um, Majesty, I want you to answer that one for sure. Uh, I think it goes back to the defense mechanisms that uh, I spoke about in the beginning of just people being defensive and responding from a place of defense or trying to protect yourselves. I see that a lot with my family. It's crazy you said that. It's crazy that you said that, but there, um, people are, you know, um, extremely passive or are passive aggressive while trying to protect themselves. And I think the biggest is just re examine where a place that you're responding from, responding from, how am I coming across? So that the defense is the biggest thing or from responding from their own insecurities or shame or guilt. So all of that definitely spills out into their interactions with other people. Yeah. Now, I do have a question. This is not one of our like previously asked questions, but I think that one of the things that um, when we talk about the dynamics and we're talking about this whole situation could be that there's people that are no longer there, right? So your family dynamic could have shifted because people pass away. Um, and so, you know, there could have been a matriarch or a patriarch that was kind of keeping everything together. And then now calamity happens or, you know, somebody used to make, uh, you know, the, the, the potato salad and now somebody else is coming in using a different type of mayonnaise, you know? I mean, so it could be a, a whole lot of different things when it comes to that. But a lot of times death affects now how we are perceiving things because if somebody passes away, the dynamic is now changed. Um, and so now a lot of times people feel maybe more brave. They can say some things that they wouldn't have said before, or maybe the person may have done something to them that was traumatic. And so now they feel like they can talk about things. Sometimes with that type of trauma, with um, some people passing or people having the spirit to say something different, um, it, can it can provoke that encouragement. It can provoke, provoke courage. But at the same time, it can also provoke that ability to say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And I didn't have the ability to say it before. That's what's in their spirit, depending on whether you're the recipient of it or the person who's actually saying it will depend on how you should respond and whether you that comment, whatever they say, is worthy of your response. 
You don't know the intention that they have behind it, but you know how it's impacting you. So my go-to is always to stay silent until I truly know what is going on inside of me. Why am I, why am I responding? Why am I feeling that sort of anger? Why am I feeling that sort, that sort of distress? Because you can always react afterwards. You can always have a comment afterward. It's hard to go back and react first and then backpedal. It is so much harder to react first and then backpedal. It is a lot easier to say, hey, let me take a second. I need to step outside and then come back and provide a a more gracious response versus firing off at the mouth. That whole statement of, am I going to show up or am I going to show out? How do you want to show up? How do you want to show out? <laughs> right. Right. And now yes. I'll add to that, just saying that, you know, coming from a place of grace, because grief is hard for everybody. Um, period. I mean, and you can, if you're that one that can be that gracious one and say, okay, like maybe big mama's not there no more. And so she probably would have been the one that gives that grace. Trust me, there is someone else in the family that has already been deemed the one to bring the grace in, you know, already everybody knows it in your families. But at the same time, if you yourself are coming from a place of trauma that you know right now, if a comment is made and it's hurting for you, you know, you have to understand that this is my hurt. If I'm hurting, somebody else is hurting, maybe not like me. So at the end of the day, if I wanted to express myself, how am I going to express myself? Like, Sasha just said, is it going to come from, you know, I'm going to show out or I'm going to show up and just be responding and not reacting. You know, responding is, is a well thought out plan of how I'm going to do something versus reacting. I'm coming off the cuff with every emotion I got. So I would say be coming from a place of grace that you'll be able to respond better versus reacting emotionally. Definitely. Now I have another question. What are some of the symptoms um, that are indicative of trauma? Because maybe we're not the one that actually experienced trauma. Maybe we're just there and we're just happy-go-lucky and it's just Thanksgiving and, you know, we're just rainbows and moonbeams. But how would you recognize that trauma in somebody else to be able to help them? I think um, you would first recognize probably some avoidance. You know, people might be avoiding of certain topics or um, certain interactions with people, you can see that. Um, you might see that people are just withdrawn from the moment a little bit as well. Like they they feel like they're not really in tune with, you know, maybe the happiness is everybody else or the vibe is everybody else. And, you know, and I think also if you kind of pick up on these things, it's okay to just check in with people. Not to ask direct questions, but really just say, hey, how you doing? I just want to check in with you. I want to see how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. As opposed to mm-hmm. saying something like, oh, you look like you just always sad. You never have a good time with us. What's wrong with you? Like you, you a Debbie Downer, you know, just kind of come with a little bit more grace, like Mr. Dale was saying, be a little bit more empathetic or uh, when you notice that someone is being avoided or being withdrawn. Because I think those might be some of the two, at least primary symptoms that I would probably see in other people. But again, if you want to comfort them, there are more appropriate ways of doing that so, so that you don't re-trigger them. Or just make things worse altogether. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I do want to remind our audience that you can also, if you have any um, questions or comments, you can type into the chat. 
um, so that this way we can, you know, just like the other guys did, go ahead and relay that to, you know, the whole entire audience. So feel free to do that. We got about 10 minutes left. And I do have another question. What are, um, you know, like if you're trying to heal and you recognize that and you came to this thing this evening and you're like, thank you for all the information. Um, you know, I'll be able to use some of these tactics when it comes to whatever holiday or whatever outing that I'm having. How do you not ruin other people's experience? Before you answer that, before anyone answers that, Mishisa, um, also recognizing that kids, our kids are very, they have, a lot of times they have no filter, okay? So when we, <laughs> when we bring kids into the element, our kids will tell us when and how we need to check ourselves. A lot of times, um, I know when I was growing up, a child was seen and not heard. You better not say anything. You're here. Be respectful. Don't say anything to um, our elders. Don't need to say anything to anybody. Um, just smile and be respectful. But kids will pick up on things a lot sooner than adults will. So if your kid has noticed that, mom, why are you always yelling at me right now? Dad, why? Dad, you seem a little more grumpy and irritable. Those can be indications that, hey, maybe I'm starting to have some traumatic triggers coming on. A lot of times we don't respond and we don't acknowledge what our kids are saying because we think they haven't been on this planet long enough. But they have known us uh, uh, well enough to indicate, hey, something's going on differently with mom, something's going on differently with dad, grandma, grandpa, whomever. And so when your kids, when your um, any any younger person tells you that you're maybe acting differently, please be humble enough to take that in. Now, there's a way to be respectful about it. There's a way to be disrespectful about it. And you have to check kids, whatever that is. But please keep in mind that kids notice things and are more comfortable with saying things a lot faster and a lot sooner than adults do because they don't have that um, discernment as much as adults do if they haven't lived as long. So if a child is saying, oh, my goodness, you're just really irritable right now. Take heed to that. Really listen and tune to that because they may be noticing things that you really have suppressed for so long that you don't even acknowledge anymore. Mm -hmm. So I did want to say that. Sorry. No, that was great. Yeah, because I mean, the kids will definitely blurt out the things that you did not want them to blurt out. Um, and, you know, and they'll they'll check you oftentimes. So that that was great information. Um, hold on, but, but Latasha said, I'm usually the one in the family who speaks their mind. Me too, Latasha. Um, I won't be home for Thanksgiving, but I will bring that in this Christmas and try to give a little <laughs> more grace. So she said, thanks so much. <laughs> okay, so somebody give me the answer. Um, how do you try to not ruin everybody else's experience? Because your trauma may turn into something that's like a Tasmanian devil. So how do you rein yourself in? Uh, I would say it's it's just uh, if you're triggered, you know, to to check and and explore and dig what within of why that triggered you or why that bothered you so much. Because the reality is that there may always be um, trauma reminders or triggers, and no one can tiptoe around those. So it, it's it's going to take the individual to to look within and try to process, cope, and heal with their own triggers. And then just know that stress is going to become holidays. Holidays bring stress, and no stress is the biggest trigger of trauma period they're like you get stressed here come trauma so you have to understand that if i know i have a stress level from a to z or what have you and i'm at c and i'm already about to flip out 
everything after that is not going to work out. So you have to know that I need to, one, cope with some type of coping strategy to deal with my stress. Either that's deep breathing, rather that's exercising, rather that's listening to music, rather that's taking some calm, taking that pie out the oven versus going and talking to my husband about something serious, you know, just calm down first because you have to also know what tone level I'm on. If you are stressed, you're going to be on level two. You need to be on level two, but you're on level 12. You know, your, your speech patterns will change and everything like that, but just recognizing those small, simple triggers of what I say, how I say it, how I'm looking, you know, what emotional tense tensities I have and notice that, hey, this this emotion does not fit this event right now. Like, you know, you have to recognize those things, you know, for yourself. You might be talking to your child, as Sasha said, trying to calm them down, but you completely yelling. And like all that, all you actually do, mom, was go get the bake the bacon out the stove and you just yelled at me and cussed me out. I'm like, what's that about? You know, check yourself, as they say back in the day, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So at the end of the day, you have to be able to give your own self checks. Am I talking in a tone that's acceptable to my coworker at work? You know, am I able to at least talk with my child and hug and love on them because it's supposed to be a happy time, you know? So am I happy right now what I'm doing with my stress level? If I'm stressed, then I already know that I'm not having a good time. So take, give yourself a time out and go to your room, get yourself together. And remember, this is the holidays. It's supposed to be happy, but I also need to check my own triggers of my stress level. Stress is the biggest one because the stress is coming no matter what, because it's, it's a good stress because you're cooking for people and you want to have everything together. And it's going to be a good stress, but that good stress can turn into bad stress because now you're triggered in your trauma. So you have to be able to have a plan about what level is too high for me and my stress level before I need to go and take care of myself and do that self-care I need to do, period. And sometimes thinking outside of the box because triggers aren't as simple as, um, oh, this is triggering me or my triggers can be very broad. So when we think about triggers, we can also think about, oh, someone fixing um, a particular apple pie, someone fixing a particular how they uh, pass down a recipe. You don't realize how many things can really remind you of a traumatic event until you are going through it again. So one of the things that we did mention in our previous episode is that if someone asks you to bake a specific specific dish for the holiday, but you know that that specific dish brings up a lot of different anxieties, a lot of different angers, a lot of different irritabilities from the past. And even though these people or that event didn't happen, this dish happened to be that present, that did the dish happen to be present while the event was going on. So in the future right now, this dish is indicative of some of the traumas that have happened in the past. So when you're being asked to do it for Thanksgiving again, you don't realize how much anger, anxiety, or resentment is built up when you are doing this dish until it actually comes boiling over. So thinking outside of the box of what really triggers you, because recognizing that will help to say, all right, I don't want to turn into the Tasmanian devil. Let me go outside, take a minute to breathe, or let me go and call somebody and take a minute to breathe. Well, I want to say one thing. Um, a lot of time, a lot of us may have been traumatized as a child. And what happens is, is that 
in this present moment now we're in, when we're in with our family members, we suppress back to childlike behaviors. So it's very important that you're consciously aware that you're an adult now and you can make choices that are better for you. That's mm-hmm. right. Yes, I love that. That was excellent. All right. So guys, we have three minutes left right here. And I just wanted to make a couple of suggestions. There are plenty of books out there that you could definitely read that talk about trauma. Um, You can go on Amazon and probably find a whole bunch of them that will give you different um, things that you can do to cope. Um, I would also say one of the things that I love to do is breathe. Um, And you don't realize how unregulated your breathing gets until somebody makes you mad. So if you can kind of control that. And the other thing I would say is um, bring your headphones. Because if you have a playlist that calms you down and you can just tune into that and just kind of tune everybody out for a little while and get into your space or go into your car and listen to something that you like to listen to and then come back in, that could also be something that can help you for sure. So I just want to, we got two minutes left. Majesty, if you have one last thing to say about this intergenerational trauma, give me a good one comment, about 30 seconds. One good comment I'll say um, is just because uh, patterns or dynamics have been normalized for years or it, it's just what our family do or that's just how everyone is. It doesn't mean that it has to continue. A lot of um, cycles and patterns can stop with just one individual. So just because it's normalized doesn't mean it's right or healthy. And we can put a rest to some things. We know we have to know what um, traditions to keep going and things to keep and also things to, you know, get rid of and put away as well. Love that. Okay, Shafiq, what's yours? I think, you know, as one last comment, um, I think it's about, you know, picking your battles, you know, knowing, like, figuring out which battle is worth the fight, basically. Like, is it worth me, you know, responding to this comment or letting this impact me? Or should I use some of my coping skills, deal with it in the moment and move forward? And also just remembering that with these boundaries that you set in place with these people in your life, in your family, um, that's what's going to help you feel more comfortable at the end of the day. Um, and people are going to continue to do those same things to you until you enforce your boundaries and know your worth and know when your answer wits in. So, yes, love that. Okay, Mr. Dale. I would say your trauma started with you and also stopped with you. And you can change a generation, period. Just know where you're at at all times and be able to know your strengths. Know your strengths, period. And really, really hone in on those strengths and know it started with me. It will change with me. I will change all the generations after me, period. Yes, love that. So everybody, we want you to, first of all, thank you guys for participating this evening. Thank you, everybody who was on here live. Um, And then if you love what we talked about this evening, you can go to, I typed it in earlier, but you can go to justmepodcast.podbean.com and you can listen to those two past episodes. Depending upon when you registered, you already received the email that lets you know about those two episodes to kind of prep you for this this evening. But if you registered today, you didn't get that email because it was sent yesterday. Um, but we will send out a follow-up email and it will so also have the link so that this way you can join in and you sub- can subscribe to the podcast. And please take the time to share the podcast with other people. Uh, the episodes come out every Tuesday. So just expect that you're going to have some great uh, insight and intuition from three dope Black therapists. Um, and so if I can get, just so everybody can see, the therapists that are part of the Just Me podcast, go ahead and wave at everybody. Tracy. Oh, there we go. Okay. I'm not. I'm just telling y'all to wait. 
Okay, perfect. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And we like to keep things on time. So just make sure that you have a great holiday. You make it the best that you can possibly make it. Have your exit plan, have your music and um, bring your Tupperware just in case, because you never know when you got to leave. <laughs> yeah, to the Tupperware. Tupperware, bring the Tupperware, okay? Just bring it. Didn't even know you needed this stuff. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com backslash Just Me Podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.